I'm about 800 yards away from the German border. Pretty soon. Mm. Are you eating at McDonald's? Yeah. It's like you're on a diet. Mm. Just don't tell anybody. I've recorded that. Is that Keto McDonald's just in the just the burgers <laughs> and the lettuce? No, no, actually, I've got myself a wrap. Oh, that's healthy then, as you're shoving chips in your mouth. Oh, you never saw those, did you? <laughs> Please note, this show is entirely supported by you, the listener. Without your kind donations, we simply cannot produce this podcast. If you want to keep hearing more from us, please visit patreon.com forward slash news for a really cool way to help us. Hello everyone and welcome to episode number 20 of the Brewdog News Podcast. This is being recorded on the 23rd of March 2019. We're your fortnightly-ish source for all the latest news, views, thoughts and reviews from the world of Brewdog and craft beer. This show is hosted by myself, Robert Cooper. And with me, Bruce Cameron. And with us this week is the Toberone-loving Andrew Watson. Hello, everyone. Hey, Andrew. Hey. Hi, Bruce. <laughs> and back for a final time in a regular show, it's Brewdog's own Emma DeSena. Hi, everyone. Hello. Coming up on this week's show, we're going to be talking about... We're getting ready for the biggest event of the year, the AGM. Emma is leaving us. Boo. The Brewdog Bar Hunt is back. We catch up and with and put your questions to the Overworks team. What is back? Andrew's in Switzerland. I've got a hop and anchor visit to tell you about. Bruce is having a McDonald's, all the usual stuff. So um, let's skip the disclaimer because it doesn't count. Let's just play some theme music. You can either sit on the sidelines and be passive, or you can take an active stand. It's amazing to be a part of something that's not just changing the face of beer, but business too. Hi, this is Martin Vicky. Hey, this is T. Hey, this is James. This is the Brew Dog News Podcast. Brew Dog News Podcast. James Watt, Martin Dickey. This is diabolical. Absolutely diabolical. Hi, hi, Brew Dog News Podcast. It's Blackie BFL Melbourne again. And a huge shout out to our new Patreon supporters this week, but especially our top tier Patreon supporters, both Innis and Neil. Thank you, Innis Neil, and thank you to Wes for recording our intro. Before we go any further, a quick reminder that next week we've got Emma's Brewdog Airlines special for you. Then on Ooh. Wednesday the 3rd, or possibly Thursday the 4th of April, we'll have our AGM guide for you. This is a special episode where they give you all the info that you need if you are coming up to Aberdeen, <laughs> including quick interviews with all the craft beer bar managers. It should be a good one. What are you laughing at? I'm just laughing at the, the, the kind of things you need to speak about for the, the brew dog, things that you need to do and things you you know, maybe should oh. remember. Yeah, okay. Well, we, we may be putting a video together. Anyway, that's Bruce. Bruce, how are you? I'm very well, thanks. Very well. Doing, doing all right. It's uh, nice and sunny here, so can't complain. Uh, Andrew, where are you? Uh, why is your internet rubbish? And uh, how is life treating you? Well, I'm in reverse order. Life's treating me not too badly at all. It's uh, yeah, more positive than most weeks, I guess. Looking forward to the AGM immensely. Uh, where am I? I am in Basel just now in Switzerland on, on business. And uh, my internet is decidedly ropey because it's 2019 in one of the wealthiest countries on earth. And because this hotel is full for a trade show... There's not enough bandwidth for everyone. Brilliant. Ridiculous. Astonishing. Well, in the pre-record there, we were already having trouble. So um, <clears throat> if listeners are wondering why Andrew's not chiming in on some subjects, it's probably because his internet's dropped out. So. Also probably a mouthful of cheese, but anyway. 
Um, and finally, Emma. Um, so for those who haven't heard, um, Emma, how are you, first of all, and, and why are you leaving us? I'm really good, thank you. So I'm just sat in Brighton at the moment. It's really sunny down here. I can see the sea, so not too shabby for a Sunday. Um, and why am I leaving? Well, I hate to say this live on air, but uh, just Bruce's jokes just got a bit too much for me, actually. <laughs> Amazing. I I completely understand. I've honestly that's why I've not recorded for a couple of weeks. Just can't be done with it. My jokes are that bad. I'll be leaving soon. Yeah. But no, go on, tell the listeners what you're up to. Well, I'm sure many people know this already, but I have been lucky enough to land myself a job at Brewdog. Yeah. So I started a couple of weeks ago and um I know that you guys are you know, very, it's important for you guys to stay independent. So I've been booted off the show basically. I've got some appropriate music queued up for you because we're all sad about it. <laughs> oh no, sorry, sorry, Whoa. the sad music. Sorry, sorry. There we go. So, no more Emma. Who's going to bring us tales of cauliflower? Who's going to. Oh, well, she'll still be on. Actually, yeah, let's go back to that music. The other music is better, won't it? You're like the worst DJ in the world. Excuse me. What was that? <laughs> like, Rob's mm. like the worst DJ in the world. Hmm. Hmm. Coming from you. So, <laughs> Emma, um, yeah, what's your official job title then? So, I am the new customer service manager in CAM's EFP team, and I'm looking at ways that we can take our service to the next level, really. So, the team are already doing some amazing stuff. Um, but yeah, onwards and upwards, what else can we do to uh, look after and wow our customers and EFPs? Exactly. And uh, how was the onboarding process? It's really good, actually. I think uh, BrewDog, from an internal point of view, is absolutely everything that I thought it would be. Really fast-paced, full of, you know, uh, really passionate people that work there. Um, so those two weeks have flown by, really. I've been lucky enough to do my induction up in Aberdeen, got to do a more in-depth behind-the-scenes tour on the induction, which is really good, actually, because I've done the, the normal brewery tour quite a few times. So uh, that was good to see some additional stuff. Um, but yeah, everyone's just been massively welcoming and um, just sort of hit the ground running already, ready to get stuck in. Right. Well, I guess it's fair to say that Brewdog's gain is definitely the podcast loss, I guess. Uh, Emma, it's been great having you on board and you've contributed oh. so much. You've kept Rob in check and organised <laughs> as well, I, I believe. Um, but yeah, you've, you've brought not just a fresh voice, but also a lot of fresh ideas and some great perspective to the podcast. So uh, I'm going to miss working with you as much as, as we have been. Well, well, I've got a box of tissues at the side of me. I didn't think I'd have to use them so soon on. That's really nice <laughs> words. So Thank you. What was that, Bruce? I was going to say, so is Rob. <laughs> we'll see you in two weeks' time, won't we? Yeah, Where? We'll oh, yeah. see you. Oh, yeah. We'll see you, soon. you won't get rid of me that easily. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Um, okay, let's get started. Bruce, uh, the big bar hunt. Have you uh, looked into this? Can I you tell indeed. people what's involved and how much money they can make for themselves? So, yes, they did this once before. Did it once or twice before, I think. I can't remember. It was a couple I of times. I think it's twice before. Twice before. Um, if you know of a place that is suitable for either a brew dog bar or an outpost site, now, obviously, it depends on sizes for the two two separate venues. You better tell folk what an outpost is, if they don't know already. I have no idea. 
brilliant. Just a bigger <laughs> bar than a bar site, is it? It's an outpost is where they brew beer in the bar as well, and they're huge, like Tower Hill, that's an outpost. Where the one that's there? only in Dublin, that's one. Any, any others? Uh, Ottawa, if that's how you say it again. Where? The one out in... Korea. <sighs> Korea. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Korea, yeah. Yeah. See, what are you going to do without me? You don't know what countries are where. I mean, it's all going to go wrong from here. It will. It's just still going to go downhill, is it? <laughs> yes. So can people earn money by yes, they um, can. recommending they can. bars? If you recommend a place and if you actually look into it and go for it and it opens up as a bar, if it's a, a normal bar site, you can get yourselves £5,000. And if it's a outpost site, you can get yourself a massive £10,000. So Wait, you can get £5,000 if you recommend a site for a brew dog bar? Yes. If if you recommend a bar and they take you up on it and it, they look into it and they open the bar, you'll get £5,000. That's awesome. Excellent. So, but the places they are looking at Go in, for the, it. in the UK are Belfast, Chester, Bath, Exeter and Chelmsford. France, uh, Lyon, Marseille, Bordeaux and Toulouse. Germany, Berlin, Dusseldorf, Cologne, Frankfurt, Munich, Essen. Uh, Netherlands, we've got Amsterdam, Rotterdam, and Utrecht, and Iberia. Spain. We've got Madrid, Barcelona, and Seville. Sevilla. Se- Seville? Seville. Seville. Sorry to everyone in Spain. Amazing. <laughs> what I'm really excited about on this is that on the requirements list is uh, they state that outdoor space is essential. Yes. So I'm hoping for a fire pit in the UK. Oh, imagine. Oh, can you imagine this? Shall I stop milking that joke now? I think you should. Of okay. all the disco tracks you pick, you pick that one. Ridiculous. Hey, cool in the gang's ace. Uh, Emma gets fire on. Crown and <laughs> hops. Uh, you know all about these. Uh, This is something very close to my heart, actually, so I'm very excited to talk about this one. So the lovely Benny and Tio from Crowns of Hops, formerly Dope and Dank, um, they have partnered with BrewDog through the BrewDog Development Fund, um, and they are leading a movement that really promotes diversity and inclusion in the world of craft beer. So they're based in LA and they're crowdfunding at the moment so that they can open a brew pub in Los Angeles in Inglewood. Um, so that brew pub is all going to be about culture and celebrating community and just knocking all the doors down and walls just to make sure that everyone can get together in the craft beer industry. So it's really exciting because they're coming over for the AGM. So they'll be here. Um, if anyone was lucky enough to get the tickets when they were released. I they- was. Oh, excellent. On the Thursday, um, on the Saturday. Are you going? Yeah, I think it's the Saturday, or it might be the Sunday. I can't honestly remember. I'm definitely going to see them. Yeah, so um, nice. they, they're bringing some of their beers over. So they, they are brewing um, a stout, an IPA, and a Pilsner. Mm. Uh, so I can't wait to try those. But yeah, they're just really great people. And um, they'll be doing a little bit of a, um, a mini tour. Uh, the plans are still to be defined. I'm actually working on this project at work. So that was... The first thing that one of the first Ooh. things that I was assigned. <laughs> are you, are you allowed to speak about it? Um, they're doing that. They, we're looking at planning um, a, a kind of a mini tour for them to get out and meet as 
many people as possible. Um, But there's definitely going to be um, a big event happening um, after the AGM in London. So watch this space. Excellent. Typical London bias. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Where are the cool kids at? (laughs) Yeah, fair enough. Oh, yeah, quick mention for Brew Gooder. We've had them on the show uh, before and uh, the wonderful charity work that they're doing. Uh, they got a new promotion on just now, uh, a campaign, should I say, and uh, we've shared that on our social medias. I just wanted to give them a really quick shout out uh, because it's important and drink Brew Gooder because not only is it good lager, but it helps people around the world who don't have access to clean drinking water. So, yeah, there you go. Uh, Bruce, yes. do you remember the Cloudwater Festival oh, that was yes. having the friends and family thing that we were all excited about and telling people, oh, check this one out, it looks really good, mm-hmm. and all the rest of it. There was a slight issue. Uh, Andrew, do you have, um, do you follow in along with what happened with that? I kind of saw stuff on Twitter. Yeah, there's. I saw bits and pieces through the day, so it's mainly from Brewdog's Abbey, who, uh, of course devised and launched the beer visa she was volunteering in a personal capacity at uh, at the festival so she was posting various things on the forum and on social media it seems this that the saturday was a a huge success and very well for, uh, very well attended and very popular but somehow overnight it was brought to manchester city council's attention that the license for the venue may not have been in place and as needed mm. it it seems that it has either changed or expired since the festival was booked, so it seemed to be the case that Cloudwater had everything in order when they organised it, but the venue was no longer able to actually serve alcohol. So, Well, that's that's the point I saw. I just saw a tweet going out saying, uh, oh my God, we've got a major problem on, on, on the second day of the thing. So yeah, sorry, go on, I interrupted. It seemed that halfway through packing everything up to move to lots of disparate venues around the city, which, by the way, speaks volumes of Cloudwater's popularity that mm-hmm. other venues and wanted to help out and offer them space, uh, somehow things got resolved. I think Andy Burnham, the mayor of Greater Manchester, got involved at one point as well. And... Again, lawyers can correct me if they want, but it almost seems like they fudged the license for the day for the greater good because there were so many people in Manchester that, and ultimately, craft beer festivals are not exactly hotbeds of debauchery and uh, drunken disorderliness, as AGMs show. It's uh, on the whole some quite merry folk drinking very expensive beer, and the festival was allowed to continue. So all was well that ended well in the end. I think the morning and the afternoon sessions lost an hour or so each and the timeline was condensed, but still plenty of time to drink a lot of very good quality and very strong beer. Cool. I'd, I'd actually be keen to hear if anybody who's listening to this was there and what their, their thoughts were, if, they, if it affected them or didn't really notice or how it kind of worked out. But okay, it must have been uh, such a... Such a kick in the teeth to the organisers, but a big wake-up call for anyone else organising beer festivals, especially if it's in slightly you know different venues, um, to mm-hmm. absolutely be watertight with all the contracts and double-checking everything. Because that must... I mean, that God, imagine on the Saturday morning waking up to go, yeah, the police are saying you can't open today? Oh, my God. But, I know. And, I mean, there's a lot of sympathy for Cloudwater in this. I think there's still a fair bit on them. You'd have thought if there's, you know, what what's going to sink a beer festival? Well, not being able to pour beer is probably quite a major one. <laughs> um, and whilst okay, fair play to them, they obviously checked when they set the festival up. But personally, I'd be wanting to review licenses for venues and 
check that everything's in order and if it seemed that the date was going to expire then uh, that that would be dealt with but they'll live and learn and you know they've got huge positive vibes from the the craft beer community and they're well loved so hopefully it'll continue in future and hopefully the Aberdeen Exhibition Centre still has its license. Bruce, you see, you see when Andrew's talking and, and telling us interesting stuff, is there any chance you could not have a big slurp on your McDonald's while you're glad he's doing that? <laughs> do you know, do you know I'm, I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm in Switzerland just now on, on business, and they have Toblerone McFlurries. <gasps> Take my money! Well, really? it's... it's over two pounds, so it's it's not it's not like back home. Oh, that's fine. But, uh, I'd be, well, yeah, wow. you'd ask for a double three and a half Swiss francs. But yeah, I walked past <laughs> McDonald's yesterday and was like, "Whoa, that needs to be tried." And then <laughs> yeah, I went definitely. in the supermarket. And you know how you go into into Morrison's and Eastgold Bride as as Bruce often does. Yeah, you might get a sample for sort of budget tortilla chips or here's our latest smoothie. Yep. Well, the supermarket down next to my hotel is just a regular, it's, it's the co-op, it's a, it's, which is quite a big Swiss chain, and they mm-hmm. had a Toblerone lady handing out pieces of Toblerone. See. This country is expensive, but phenomenal. I got some sausages as a, as a tester from Morrison's last night. So jealous. Anyway, um, yeah, collaborations for Draft House. Uh, we've been running these, uh, the audio from these adverts that Brewdog did. Uh, American Pale was the first one uh, with Sierra Nevada, uh, German Lager for Victory Brewery, and this time it's the Wheat Beer from Schneiderweiss. I got a taste of all these, so you'll hear that in the audio coming up uh, at Draft House. But yeah, um, okay, so before we take a little break and have a listen to that one for Draft House, uh, Bruce, do yes, you have a little question? I for do, us? just before we go into this, this audio, um, what was Dogma called before they changed its name roughly around about 2007? Dogma. Can you remember what Dogma was called before its name change? Hello, I'm Hans-Peter. I'm the head brewer of Schneiderweiss now for 36 years. Today it's great to be here to brew a wheat beer for Drafthouse. So to, to make these Drafthouse collaborations, we wanted to team up with three world-class industry leaders for each of the styles. So we did a, a pale ale with Sierra Nevada, we're doing a lager with Victory, and we're doing a wheat beer with Schneiderweiss here. For me, the Weiss beer is, uh, is a very high drinkable beer. It's uh, very low in hops, very refreshing. That's why we think it's a, it's a good beer for the draft house. So we're using traditional white wheat, using Pilsner malt to give it a good crisp refreshness yeah. to it. Yeah. Pilsner style barley malt, also a little bit of Munich malt, it's good for the color. And the, the water, we're actually emulating the water profile of a traditional Bavarian source. We decided to, to make it a little bit more approachable by adding potentially some floral character with the, the Cascade and the Whirlpool. Wheat beers to me are a very interesting style. It's, it's one of the, the beers that actually showcases not just the malt bill, but the yeast profile as well too. Neiderweiss is strain, it's a unique strain. The yeast brings the, the flavor and the aroma into the beer. Well, really looking forward to it. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Now, what was Dogma called before its name change? Speedball. Speedball. Yeah, that's probably a good idea to change I, that name. Well, it's like, a family-friendly show, so let's not explain too much about what it is. See, is it not a computer game that I used to play mm. when I was like, 14? 
probably was, but it's now something very different. I'm sure oh, if, okay. if folk want to know, they'll look it up online. Hold on a sec, I'm just going to go Google. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I'll, I'll maybe give that a miss. <clears throat> We're keen to hear from you here on the Brewdog News Podcast, so please feel free to call us on 01224 518501 and leave us a message. Just the one message this month, and it is, of course, from our very own Watty. Hi, hi, Brewdog News Podcast. Watty here for your Meldrum for you today. No, the AGM is right in a corner, so me and Sandy were speaking about fit we're going to do today. The brew dogs have got their new sewer beer. No, I'm not an expert, but I've had sewer milk in the firm before, and it's, it's not half a fine. So fit is, are this sewer beers about, and fit why has it been half as much as it has? You've done some of the art question. Art would be there, Bob, and I'll see you soon. Cheers, no, bye-bye. Good old Watty. Sounds like he's getting ready to actually milk his cows by hand there. Uh, Bruce. Yeah. Why were you making like I'm being sick signs all through that on the video? I'm just got? going to say the if I've listen, don't take any advice from me about sour beers because sour milk and sour beers is probably one of the same thing. Right. So anyway, for those who don't understand what what he was saying, he's asking what the sour beers are all about. Well, some good news, sir. Just the other day, and after several times rearranging, because genuinely the guys have been, they were telling me all about it, it's just been kind of crazy for them, I managed to catch up with not only Rich from Overworks and Andy, but also Johnny as well, who looks after the sales, and we had a really nice chat in Union Square, so uh, yeah, here's the audio. Friday afternoon in Brewdog Union Square, Um Answering what is very relevant question, what the hell is a sour? I can't think of anybody better to answer that than uh, Johnny and Rich, and we'll soon be joined by Andy as well from Overworks. Um, I'll start with you, Johnny. Most people won't know who you are. Uh, certainly, you've snuck under my radar, even though you've been with Brewdog since 2008, was it? Uh, yeah, it would have been 2009, 2010. So I moved over from the UK sales team at the start of the year to come on board as commercial director for, for Overworks, um, coinciding, coinciding with the, the launch um, and our, yes, our main launch of bottles and kegs. So, yeah. Your job at the moment is basically your uh, what would you just say head of sales? I suppose that's not the technical title. Yeah, so it's it's everything sales related, commercial related, essentially getting overworks into as many people's hands as possible. Awesome. Well, we were chatting before we started recording, and I can guarantee that this man does not get a lot of sleep, especially since the launch of Overworks. And speaking of people who haven't been getting a lot of sleep because of the launch of Overworks, Rich, how are you, sir? Yeah, I'm hanging in there, man. It's uh, it's it's really good time for Overworks. We've uh, finally cracked the nut of our big launch, which was a massive step forward for us. Really excited to get bottles in people's hands. Uh, and yeah, we've got a lot of really cool stuff on the horizon, and we've been uh, working really hard to kind of keep the keep the momentum up and keep some fresh stuff in people's uh, fridges. First of all, I'll start with you then, Rich. Where, people who don't know who you are and where you came from, the wild beer story. If nobody's heard of any of this stuff, how would you sum it up for people? Oh man, uh, yeah. I'm, my name is Rich Kilcullen. I am the uh, seller master for Brewdog Overworks. So I'm responsible for all of the production and creation of Brewdog's uh, sour and wild beers. For those that are unfamiliar with those terms, uh, 
welcome to the club. I wonder all the time myself. But uh, essentially, when we talk about sour beer, uh, what we're referring to is the fact that in, in addition to using um, yeast to ferment our beer and create alcohol and flavor, we also use a, a certain types of bacteria. And those bacteria create lactic and malic and citric acids, uh, which give the beer its, uh, its moniker, which is that, that tartness and that uh, acidity. Um, we also use quite a bit of wild yeast, hence the, the term wild beer. Um, these beers have uh, unconventional yeast and, and, and fruit flavors. Uh, we use a lot of fruit in our process, um, so they tend towards uh, some of the aesthetic of wine. Uh, they also nod towards the kind of Wallonian French saisons and the Belgian classic styles. Um, they can be anything from dry and fruity to extra funky, barnyardy, um, and really challenging. Um, the cool thing about these beers is there's a lot of elements at play in them. They're not typically one note just sour. They have acidity, they have Brett Funk, they have fruit flavors, they have all sorts of kind of crazy things in conjunction with one another. So uh, yeah, a totally different drinking experience from a lot of the other stuff BrewDogs is doing. So it's uh, really excited to be uh, adding to that quiver. Johnny, when people come up to you, um, maybe you're at a trade show or you're taking potential customers around, they've got a checkbook open and they go, why am I going to give you money for these sour beers? Um, what, what's your sort of stock response there? Uh, my stock response would be we're, there isn't really anyone in the UK doing what we're doing. I think there's there's other sour producers in the UK, obviously uh, brewers like Burning Sky or uh, the guys at Wild Beer. But I think what we're doing is, is very unique in terms of the the concept behind it and then also the flavor combinations and what Rich is doing so it's it's almost the case of putting the beer in front of them and, and trying it and it's yeah and, and from there it's it's usually easy if I'm honest. <laughs> Brilliant now um, one one thing I've always wondered I mean I've seen plenty of sour beers over the years I mean they're fierce here in Aberdeen they do a lot of beers sour beers but I, I think they're called kettle sours uh, I'm, I'm being a bit dumb here deliberately so can you, Chris, could you tell me the difference between a, a kettle sour and the kind of um, beers that you're producing? Yeah, you know, first of all, I am a, a, a firm believer that there is a time and a place for every beer. And that includes some of the less popular styles like American light lager. If I'm in a NASCAR race, I'll crack one open. Uh, kettle sours for me are really refreshing. Uh, they're really... Uh, easy to drink. Uh, they're typically low in alcohol, which is nice because you can drink a few of them. Uh, but essentially when people talk about kettle sours or quick sours, what they mean is the beer is louder. So the grain is rinsed with water to create what we call wort. That wort is transferred to a kettle and instead of bringing it up to a boil and adding the hops right away, you bring it up to uh, about 40 to 45 degrees and you let that wort sit overnight and you introduce lactobacillus. That temperature range for lactobacillus is the perfect area where it likes to replicate and create lactic acid. So what you're doing is you're creating sour beer very quickly, typically in 12 to 24 hours. Um, so the result is a very uh, tart, very, um, very dry uh, beer. Afterwards, the beer is boiled, they add hops, uh, and, and, and it, you ferment it as you would any other conventional beer. Um, where that process takes about two weeks in total, uh, our process takes about six to eight months to make a sour beer. It's a much slower process, um, but the flavors are, are very different. It's not, uh, you know, there's different types of acidity and there's different types of sour. So um, kettle sours are great. Like I said, if you've got a nice thirst after the gym, I love to crack one open. Um, the beers that we that we make a uh, little bit pricier because they take quite a bit of time to make. Uh, we use a lot of uh, fresh fruit and other ingredients in them. Um, and yeah, it's just, 
just a different drinking experience, something you take a little bit more time with, something a little bit more layered. Okay, so Johnny, my first question, uh, official question should it be, is how did the launch go from your guys' point of view? We, we obviously, I should say, we tried to uh, we tried to meet up a couple of times, but it didn't work out because you guys were just too busy. I mean, and that's a positive thing. So yeah, how, how did it all go for you? It went really well, really, really well. We had uh, Funky Punk and all of the bottles available across all the BrewDog bars. And we did a really successful independent launch as well. So we worked with um, select distributors and select key accounts across the UK. So we did uh, a tap takeover in uh, Cool Shipyard in Glasgow, um, Accidental Bruco, uh, Dead Crafty Beer Company as well. Um, and then down in London, we had a tap takeover at The Rake, which was incredible, um, and at the Bottle Shop as well. So it was, it was amazing to finally get these beers out into people's hands and get them trying it. It's been obviously a long time in the making and obviously a very painful end to uh, last year with the incident with the bottles um, so it's just amazing to get the beer out there and get people's reaction um, I think especially to uh, to Funky Punk as well the reaction to that was absolutely incredible and, and seeing people's uh, um, I guess probably their first their maybe their first experience of a 100% Brett IPA and, and sort of seeing the cogs turning and, and really getting them using that as the gateway beer and to then take them on that, that sour journey so to speak has the general reaction been as you'd expect or has it been surprising how's it been it, it's it's been even better i think than, than we expected it's uh, even people who are maybe a little bit skeptical about brewdog as well and and what we're doing we when i've done tastings with them it's just been absolutely amazing and i think it's it's been that stepping stone so i think it's you know people having that first gateway beer with with funky punk and then going into cosmic crush and in our wild cards and um and some of our more small batch stuff so yeah it's it, it's been absolutely amazing and i think the the reaction across the board has been has been great yeah funk funky punks really seems to be like having a big impact so uh, rich could you tell us a little bit about what funk v punk is i mean obviously the name punk's in there so um yeah it's it's like almost like a overworks collaboration beers but yeah go for it yeah funk vs punk is uh a, one of the first ideas i had when i came and joined the brewdog team being part of the brewdog family obviously the affinity for hops runs deep regardless of what department or what uh, position you work for um and you know Punk IPA, especially in the European context, is such an institution. Uh, and to be able to kind of riff on that style and to add our own kind of element to it is like really exciting and really fun and a really cool way to engage with some of our longtime and new drinkers. So, what uh, Funk vs. Punk is essentially is uh, we took the base recipe of Punk. We tweaked it slightly by adding some rye malt and some oats, uh, and, and um, we used the most notable dry hops, uh, Mosaic, uh, Simcoe, and Citra, um, and we we kind of re-envisioned Punk IPA, and it's fermented with 100% Britannomyces, so we didn't use any conventional brewer's yeast. Sorry, Martin Dickey, no HNC in there. Uh, we just use our house culture of bread. Um, so the beer does not really have much acidity, so to speak, as Brett doesn't really create that lactic acid. So it's a nice introduction for people who are a little skeptical or a little curious about craft beer. Um, it drinks uh, somewhere between Electric Blue and one of our kind of New England IPAs. Very juicy a little spicy a little phenolic uh, but tons of tropical fruit in there and tons of citrus uh, it's a really really crushable surprisingly crushable beer uh, for the style it's something that I whack back regularly so yeah 
We're here talking about this fantastic beer, Johnny. If uh, people are going, right, well, how can I get my hands on a bottle? Um, yeah, obviously they can order online, but where else could they go and actually get a drink of it? So we're going to have uh, Funky Punk across all of the UK Brewdog bars, and we're going to have uh, Cosmic Crush as well, so they'll be a bit more of a staggered release. So at the moment we have Cherry and Raspberry incoming, um, as well as Wave Machine and Panavision Pink from our wildcards range. Um, increasing the amount of bottles per site as well, that's going to be increasing too. And yeah, you'll start to see it across independent venues as well, up and down the country. Um, and of course, on online for the online shop. Yeah. Tell your local uh, bar that you want to see some overworks. We'll get it to you. Yeah, I'll be working on that one with the world famous new knobs. Uh, gents, we're going to take a break. We'll come back to you just shortly. There we go. We'll get the second part of that just shortly. It was really interesting catching up with the guys. I'm looking nice. forward to the AGM so much. So much to see them, presuming I get in okay. Anyway, <coughs> Bruce. <laughs> yeah. Three-day chain gang thing, it says on my list. What yes. have you got for now, us? This is a big shout-out to all you cycling guys. Now, oh, this no. Is, yo, this is something I would really actually like to do. Well, if I could, had a bike and could cycle. But they're looking to take part in a, a three-day bike journey from London down to Paris at the end of May. So the 30th of May until the 2nd of June, there's going to be a group of the chain gang going down, leaving, it's over three days, and you have got 100 kilometres, roughly 100 kilometres per day, um, and arriving on the 2nd of June into the brand new Paris Brewdog. Awesome. I'm quite sure Alan Mockery, friend of the show, who's on quite regular, he'll be probably taking part, I imagine, and yep. I imagine he'll come on the podcast and tell us all about it. So, basically, the first, the first day, London to Brighton, um, pop in, probably see Emma, um, and then you've got... <laughs> The ferry across, I would assume. <laughs> Dieppe. I'm going to pronounce my French things. Dieppe to Bouvet. And then the next day, you've got Bouvet to Paris. Um, getting in at... Oh, it's the first the first of June. At the, at the site there. So, yeah, it should be quite good. It should be... Rob, you fancy it? Uh, no. Oh, okay. I think the first... Emma? I think I'm washing my hair that. Day th- uh, all three, all three days. <laughs> it'll be good. Like to, green hair. I think not it'll be good to. Not even gonna ask Andrew. <laughs> no, <laughs> Andrew. Oh, his audio is cut out by the sound of it. Anyway, good timing. It'll be worth trying to get see if we can get somebody um, to do a wee bit from it. You know what I could do though. At the other end, I could arrange a party. Ah. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Jeez, my podcasting equipment broke. Uh, right, yeah. before before Emma gets a bit overexcited, uh, can we uh, pass over to you to talk about the up-and-coming beer fest, whatever that is? You can indeed. So, provisional dates have been pencilled in between 3rd and the 19th of May. Um, Brewdog really want to showcase up-and-coming breweries in the UK um, across their bars. So... Often you find that, for example, here in Brighton, they often have Brighton Brewery on the the guest taps in the bar. However, if you live in Aberdeen, you might not have never heard of that brewery before or tried their beers. So it's it's about really trying to get those smaller breweries showcased throughout the UK. 
Um, so on the forum, they were asking suggestions. So there was some really good sort of names cropping up. So Double Barrels in Reading. They're one of my favourites, actually. Wonder Brewery was on there, doing great things in Manchester at the moment. Um, so more info to come, I think, on this. But yeah, uh, pencil, pencil those dates in your diary for now. Awesome source. Right, bashing on, the, this Thursday we are going to attempt something that has never, ever been done before in Brewdog history. Yeah. Bruce, I'm going to need your help. I'm going to Peter Head. Yep. Uh, Andrew's hoping to be in London for Dalston, and we need someone in Paris. I'm going to get on the forum and find someone, and I'm hoping you can coordinate a three-way live... <laughs> Bar opening chat. So, are they, will they all be... Ah, I know, you see, will the Paris one be opening an hour later? Because of the time difference. Ah, you see, you're clever, you. Eh? Good. Eh, eh, eh. Um, right, uh, speaking of bar openings, I went along to the first draft house pub outside of London, opened here uh, in Aberdeen. Uh, I caught up with Sydney. I got, finally got an interview with Sydney. For those who don't know, Sydney's the one who goes around and does all the bar openings, and she's kind of shy, but she finally managed to speak uh, to me. So uh, I also was along with Billy, and um, if you don't know who Billy is, you might... Or to Rob. This is Billy. You might remember he's the one who did this song. It was an April weekend. It was an April weekend in 2018. Right, we'll stop there. If you want to listen to that, go and find that episode where Billy makes a song about me not getting into the AGM. Anyway, (laughs) Billy's got a very strong accent. So what I've done in this audio is um, I've I've had a a translation done. So, uh, yeah, you you should be able to hear that. Chris, it's Thursday night in Aberdeen. We are an EFP opening uh, of not a Brewdog bar. Can you tell our lovely listeners where we actually are? We're at the Hoppen Anchor in Shiprow. Shiprow is not correct, sir. You've already lost. <laughs> uh, I'm here with Chris and uh, Billy. Billy, uh, how's life treating you? Brilliant. Excellent. Uh, for those who don't really understand what Billy's saying, I will provide a translation. Uh, he just said... Brilliant. So, yes, uh, first up, we are sat at the bar. Um, it's getting quite busy. I thought I'd record something just now. Um, we've just already been given food, which is quite amazing. I don't think we've stolen someone else's order. I think this is for us. Uh, Chris, what are you eating? I'm eating mac and cheese balls, which are cheesy, bally, and spicy. Ace, and first impressions after you've headed in here tonight? Very nice indeed. There's no neon. That's my first impression. I was expecting neon. I've always seen neon in other draft house pubs, so that's a good thing. So, And Billy, what are you eating? Halloumi fingers fried with like butter and spices. I'm eating chips. Okay, perfect. Chris, now we're sailed in, had a bite to eat. Uh, we've had a chance to have a little look at the differences between what a Brewdog pub does and what a Draft House does with beer. What are you seeing from a layman's point of view? I think it looks a little bit more um, mainstream drinks. I can see Budweiser in my eyeline right now. Um, they've got car scales in behind me. Um, so not quite so crafty, but still plenty of craft choice. 
Yeah, there's a nice big glorious um, punk IPA pump right in front of us, of course. Um, Billy, um, in terms of the drinks, have you noticed anything different particularly? And I see that the shelf lit up here has got a bunch of uh, more mainstream whiskies, other spirits, Zambucas up there, Deserono, Southern Comfort. You would never get those in Brewdog bars. No. Okay, I'm here now with uh, the lovely Sydney. Uh, Sydney, you work for Brewdog, uh, and also on this occasion, you're working for Draft House. You go around, do all the openings. Um, how's life treating you, and how's this opening going for you? Life is amazing, very exciting right now. A lot of fun things going on. And the Hop and Anchor opening thus far has been brilliant. Uh, we're really excited about the venue. Um, I, I think the concept of Draft House really suits this kind of Gothic Roman church setting, and it just it feels it. The venue just really suits the concept of Draft House itself. So I can't think of anyone better place as someone who is basically your full-time job is now going round doing the openings of various bars and everything. If by the way, if you've been to an EFP launch and me and an actual public opening. Friends of Family Night, you're likely seeing Sydney floating around. Um, how does this compare then? I mean, this is uh, obviously this is very different. There's no, there's none of the usual Brewdog traits here. I was kind of half expecting something that would look like Brewdog. Um, from your point of view, can you paint a picture of what we're looking at just now and how it feels in here? Yeah, definitely. So, the concept of Draft House is more about a modern take on a traditional pub and with our sole focus still being on the quality of the beer. Um, we serve cask beer as well as kegged beer, which is super exciting. And we also have three of our Draft House collaborations, um, each of these brewed um, with pretty exciting breweries and exclusively served within the Draft House bars. We've been running the videos with the collaborations of those um, as part of our break in the podcast so yeah it's, it's really cool it's great to actually be able to finally try them because of course they're only available in London so it's nice for me to be able to try them here in Aberdeen yeah definitely no it's really exciting I think they're really solid beers of the style so for instance we have the pale ale that's in collaboration with Sierra Nevada and it's just you know it's kind of a picture-perfect pale ale same with the wheat beer same with the lager they're beers that you could kind of drink all day all night and you're not going to get sick of them the other thing that is super exciting here as well is that we are going to be able to serve dead pony club on cask and so that's a that's a really exciting one to look forward to as well but the pub itself, um, yeah, so it, I think that it's a bit more of a minimalist decor than um, what was previously in this venue, and in turn it really kind of highlights the wooden beams in the ceiling and just the beautiful architecture that's in here. Um, we are kind of, as it is a bit more of a traditional pub, just lots of really cool photographs on the walls of kind of historic Aberdeen. It just, it's just very cozy, I think, is probably the best word to describe it. It's quite, quite mellow, quite cozy, just really a place you'd kind of want to just tuck in for the night and have some hearty food and good beer. Sydney, awesome. I'm going to let you crack on with your evening. Um, what's next for you? Next opening, I'm trying to remember. Brewdog Paddington. So that is actually the 15th of March. We're opening Paddington. 
And then um, the folks up in Aberdeenshire can look forward to Peterhead and Inverurie coming soon. We have Brewdog Dalston opening very soon. And um, our first bar in Paris opening soon as well. So a, a busy month for us, but a lot of really, really exciting stuff coming up. Well, if you see Sydney Round, say hi. She's one of the nicest people you will meet in Brewdog. Not that everyone isn't nice, but she is definitely one of the nicest. You'll see her at all the openings. Uh, Sydney, thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Rob. Billy, we're just turning our attention to the uh, food menu here, and I kind of thought you'd be interested in knowing some of these little snacks that are on there. So is it all right with you? I'll just read them out to you. Yeah, that'd be great. I really like what Brewdog does with their food. We've got some amazing burgers and great pizzas and that that we can get up there. So what's the, what's the draft house take? Yes. Homemade pork scratchings. Chili salt squid, scotch egg or a veggie scotch egg, fried jerk halloumi fingers. I think that's what we tried when we came in. They were bloody lovely. Uh, jalapeno mac balls and smoked chipotle mayo. Chipolatas and English mustard. A half pint of white bait. Not even a hundred percent sure what white bait is. And falafel and hummus. Amazing. Right, that's it. We're heading off. Awesome, awesome night. Please, if you're in Aberdeen, if you're coming to the AGM, stick your head in the door here. You won't be disappointed. Fantastic selection of drinks, fantastic selection of food. You're going to really like it. Um, Billy, have you got any final comments before we head off? Uh, yeah, I think uh, this is a really accessible bar. It feels uh, great if you're not a craft beer nerd like the rest of us. I think you could really bring people to this bar. You'll still have something to drink. They'll find something to drink, and I think that's a that's an excellent bar. Yeah, I really like it. This place is okay. Cheers, mate. Oh, that was fun recording that. Right, um, Andrew, uh, let's go to you and talk about Drink.TV. So back late last summer we'll all remember the launch of the BrewDog Network, the BrewDog TV channel, available for streaming the world over. We had Small Screen Hero brewed as a special transatlantic brew, one batch in... Yeah, it's good beer. One batch in Columbus, one batch in in Ellen. And there was a controversial launch. We did a big piece on this in the mid-September episode last year, maybe episode, I don't know, eight or nine, something like that. And they launched it with beer porn, if we remember, which was That's right. very, very mm. quickly killed off. Fast forward <laughs> a month to October and we learned that Brewdog TV or Brewdog Network was going to die as a name. And it was going to re- be replaced with Drink.TV, which has now finally taken place. So everything seems to be relaunched. I think this is the third relaunch of the whole concept without it ever having fully launched. But... Mm. Based on comments on the forum, it seems to be a joint venture that's very much in favour of, well, and very much run by a TV production company out in California. And I think it speaks to something we talked about back in, in October, that Drink TV or Drink.TV is as much about de-risking Brewdog as it is anything else. So my, my feeling on this is that if it goes horribly wrong, there's less contagion to the brew dog name. So if it falls apart, or if the customer service, which has already been an issue, by the way, the customer service hasn't gone particularly well until 
it was announced that all EFPs could use a special code to get it for free. free. But already they've had a customer service issue. If there's a performance issue or if it has to close down and disappoint people, Drink.tv is that step removed from BrewDog by getting rid of the name. That's probably a good thing. It also means if BrewDog want out, there's no issue with rebranding, so they could sell their share to the production company. So we, we had theories on this at the time, and it seems mm-hmm. to have come true. And ultimately, it remains to be seen if it will be a success. There is some good content, though. I think Martin Dickey's interviews with interesting and exciting breweries is definitely something worth watching. I know Emma's been watching a lot of the content, too, so I'm sure you've got an opinion. Yeah, so um, they actually gave us ad- iPads when we went on the um, Bre- on BrewDog Airlines actually to Columbus. So that was great. So you got eight hours of flying and I watched quite a bit then. Um, Martin's show is great. I actually only, I only watched the episode with um, the Colonel, but it's really good. It's, it's, it's quite geeky, as you would imagine, uh, but really big fan of that. But the BrewDog shows that are coming up... So I watched the LA one, uh, Barcelona, um, and then there was another one as well. But they're absolutely hilarious. So from my point of view, as obviously a big BrewDog fan, I would Mm -hmm. just pay subscription just to get access to those, to be honest. Um, But yeah, I think think it's the content's been trickling out, but I really think that it's going to start ramping up soon. So I think it's on the up. Uh, did any of you guys see the Made For Us thing that they put out, uh, I think it was just a couple of days ago, no. um, the God. blog post? No. Should have no. I? Well, it's no surprise you didn't, <laughs> Bruce, because you've been busy doing other things that aren't BrewDog. Mm. But yeah, I was, I was really confused by this. I, I, I saw this go out, I was like, oh, Made For Us, I was like, okay, here we go, major news story from BrewDog, let's have a little look at what they're doing. And the long and short of it seems to be that they've got some other, you know, good breweries involved who are going to be making bars or uh, beers that are going to be exclusively available in the BrewDog bars. Okay. And that seemed to be it. I think this is quite a good idea, though, because someone like... I, I don't think I'm that unusual, though people will usually beg to differ. But in, in the sense of going to BrewDog bars, I'll go maybe once every six to eight weeks, perhaps, because you know, there's a lot of life stuff on, there's other places to go, other places to drink, other things to do. And quite often, when I'll go into Clerkenwell, which I love as my local bar to my office, but ultimately, it's all the same BrewDog beers on the whole. And it can be quite tricky to find something new. And I'm one of those untapped people that wants to try something new. The fact that these are coming out gives me an an added reason to visit a BrewDog bar. If it's an exclusive beer that's only available in the bars, I'm much more likely to seek it out in those bars uh, when it becomes available. And I know I'm going to have something a wee bit different and a wee bit exciting to try that, you know, because so often, especially if it's a fanzine month, a fanzine week even, it's stuff you've probably had already. So you're down mm-hmm. to the usual headliners, the three fanzines, and quite often that leaves three or four guest taps. One of them will be at some sort of lag or probably what, or Schneider Weiss or something like that on the, for a Weiss beer. Mm-hmm. This way there's something I know I'm going to want to try that's a bit different. Even if it's not a style I'm particularly keen on, it's a top quality world ca- world class brewery and not some... Local oh. muck that's been put on to try and be local. Do you, do you know which breweries are they're on the list? Pause for man looking things up on the internet. 
What's the um, what's that duvet doing up there? No, this Bruce is because my entire sorry, this I've got two new monitors. Yeah, yeah. So my voice is really echoey, and then I've got the room's completely empty. I've gutted it. Sure. Okay. So I've just had to put a duvet across the back bed there. Yep. I do. Um, I brought my clothes horse through and put a duvet over it, and I've put another duvet over the door. Okay. Just to dampen to it. To try down. and stop it being ah, really echoey because okay. it was okay. like it was proper bad before. So. Anyway, here's the list. Uh, I've looked it up now. It is um, Buxton. They're the first. That'll be going out in April. Northern Monk. They're in May. And Bearded Iris. That's all they've announced for now. But, uh, aye, that's a reasonable list. Brewdog Paddington opened last week. Uh, On the front door, stamping your passports as you went in was Emma. But, Emma, before you chime in with your opinion, Andrew, uh, you were in Brewdog. Sorry, Draft House at Paddington before it changed to a brew dog, as we previously mentioned on the podcast. Have you had chance to go in past at all in the new in its new form? I haven't yet, but I've I saw a, an Instagram video that James Watt put up of him walking through the door as he often does, and it looks quite different already. So I, I'm quite looking forward to going and having a look, which I should do in the next couple of weeks. Very good. Bruce, I'm guessing you haven't made it to Brewdog. No, not at all. I'm struggling to make it to Brewdog Glasgow, to be honest. (laughs) All right, Lemma. I absolutely love this bar. This actually will probably become one of my favourite London bars. Really? Yes, it's it's just, it feels really big, but it might just be because of the design. So if you walk in the door, you've got the bar right in front of you. And then to the right and the left, it kind of bends round. So it feels really spacious. They've got a shuffleboard in there, which is always yes. a bonus. Um, some pinball machines, which again, double bonus. Bruce is already in. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm <laughs> Fish's artwork is exceptional. There's just like loads of crabs across the back wall. Um, <laughs> why is that, Bruce? Why is that funny? <laughs> just, just loads of crabs in Fisher. I think there's probably something there. <laughs> Maybe not. Uh, I okay. thought this was a family show. Anyway, um, it is. <laughs> And then the uh, Death Dog they've got there is a really cool space. It almost it feels like you're obviously still in the bar, but a little bit separate. So you've got like um, a quiet area to get on with your work. Um, but yeah, there's probably, oh, maybe about 10 desks there. And I worked there for a bit just before we opened on EFP night. And it's just such a lovely, comfy little spot. So yeah. We should, we should the- probably explain what it is because uh, I was getting asked about this about for other places places like here in Aberdeen is it right that basically it's a co-working space you can go in use a desk there's wi-fi there's power and it's only seven quid yeah bargain you get unlimited coffee as well during your time there and then you get a pint of punk at the end or whenever you want if you want to drink while you're working then go for it but I think I think it's is it two hours three hours that you get let me have a look Oh, I thought there must be some restriction, but still, that's pretty damn yeah. decent, isn't it? Yeah, three definitely. hours for seven quid. I would, I would use it in Glasgow. If there, if it was in Glasgow, I, I would definitely use it. Yeah, they are rolling out to more bars because I think. Well, I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm really interested because again, up here, it's Castlegate downstairs during the day isn't used very much. So yeah, I think that'd be great. Uh, Emma, as our um, vegetarian on the show, your final task <laughs> is to talk about. Uh, a vegetable-related thing, although it's actually a fruit. I realise yeah. I've gone down a horrible... Emma, just tell us about grapefruit swap. Get me out of this hole. <laughs> yeah, 
know, vegetarians just don't eat fruit, you know. But anyway. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, forget Apple Pay. Uh, grapefruit Pay is back. That's the headline on the, the tweet from Brewdog. So we're celebrating um, Elvis's, uh, Elvis Juice's birthday. And you can go into any bar in the UK and um, give them a grapefruit and they'll swap that for half a pint of Elvis juice. So when, when is this? This is on Tuesday, the 26th of March. Tuesday, this Tuesday. So I've got to, there's a damn good chance people listening to this have missed it. <laughs> well done, everyone. <laughs> but you don't have to just stuff your um, Elvis outfit. It's just the grapefruit oh, that you need. I'm not bother then. Cool. Right. Let's uh, let's get the last bit of audio before we wrap things up from uh, the my chat with the Overworks guys. Right. Uh, back. Still at Union Square. Um, enjoying the afternoon here with Johnny and Rich from Overworks. Rich, for those again who don't know, we're, we're coming at this from a newbie's point of view. Tell us about the current range of Overworks beers. What what can people get if they were to go and uh, try and purchase some right now? Yeah, for sure. Um, so a common misconception with Overworks is all we make is sour beer. Um, we actually make, uh, there's two main types of beer that we make. The first one is Britannomyces beers, which are fermented with 100% Brett and wild yeast, um, but not with lactobacillus or pediococcus, so not with the souring bacteria. And that's Funk vs. Punk. So Funk vs. Punk is made exclusively with wild yeast, and it's not actually sour. So if you've got an aversion to the low pH, uh, it's a great one to try, and you still get plenty of the funky wild yeast flavor. So Funk vs. Punk we just chatted about earlier. Uh, moving on in the range, the other style is Scottish Sour Ale. And those do have that mixed culture, we call it, which is the, the yeast and the bacteria. So our first uh, step into the sour world is Cosmic Crush. Cosmic Crush uh, are in the 5.5 to 6% range, uh, and we do four rotating styles of those. Uh, so Scottish Sour Ale blended with raspberry, blended with cherry, blended with pear, and blended with peach. And those will be on a four-month rotation, and these should be regularly available all year round. Uh, moving on from the Cosmic Crush series, we have our Wild Card series. Um, the Wild Cards, just like BrewDog's Wild Cards, are beers that can do pretty much anything. We are not constrained by tradition or common sense. Uh, we do a lot of blends of fruit uh, that you may not have ever had in beer, like gooseberry, um, we are doing, I've done carrots before, we've done all sorts of things. Uh, we also blend with a lot of herbs like lavender or elderflower um, to kind of create some cocktail inspired and kind of wild sour creations. Um, the, and those, those can vary in alcohol all over the place and color and everything like that. Uh, we'll be releasing those uh, every month or every other month for the next little while. Uh, from there we go on to our spirit series. The Spirit Series are beers that take influence from spirit barrels that we are able to get our hands on. So right now we have one in Spay Whiskey Casks, we have gin, we have tequila, we have rum, we have cognac. Um, so those beers are going to be big. They are going to be intense and they are going to be like nothing you've ever had before. Um, we will also be doing a small range of spontaneously fermented beers. Uh, for those of you that don't know, similar to Lambic beer that's brewed in Belgium, no yeast is added whatsoever. We simply cool our wort out in the open air and then we let it slowly ferment with the wild yeast and bacteria that we catch out of the sky. That's right, we ferment beer with the stuff we catch out of the sky and it's amazing. Uh, the first of that will be available this fall if everything goes well. We're very excited about those. Did I miss any? I think that's it. 
I mean, it's quite a few. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> One of the questions I had uh, was how involved Brewdog get, how involved James gets. But, um, Rich, you'll remember just before Christmas, uh, we were up interviewing James and uh, we were lucky enough to catch James with you running through where things were at just now. So um, maybe the listeners would like to have a, a listen to that bit of audio that we've got. It's always fun being able to taste the beers before they're quite finished as well, so being able to taste them in your choice sense. Yeah, it's one of the things that kind of attracted me to this kind of brewing in the first place, just like getting to watch something progress for such a long time, you know, going through the different phases. This might be one of the best of the Cosmic Retractor series. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the next beer we've got is Cosmic Crush Tropical. So, speaking of beers that are, you know, going through phases, this is definitely one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> tropical fruits uh, contain a good bit of natural sulfites and sulfurs. <laughs> compounds that kind of, kind of leap out. So this one has like about 350 grams per liter of tropical fruit. So it's papaya, guava, mango, and passion fruit. Um, and this one is pretty aggressively passion fruit right now. Uh, really overripe <laughs> a little sulfury, but tasting through it, the fruit character is just out of this world. A um, little overripe. This beer is going to clean up quite a bit. It's still so it's very just, cloudy. Just the palate is yeah. The nose is a little. The nose is a little aggressive. Let's say. It's like when I put whole puree in the microwave by accident. Yes. <laughs> That's an awkwardly interesting uh, analogy, yeah. I agree, we got it tonight. My grandmother thought that was what you had to do with it to like activate it and like make it release its full potential, so she like microwave the box of it. Okay, I thought that was yeah. specific. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so yeah, this is a great example of a beer that is well in process. Um, this is kind of one of the funny things about sour beer, depending on when you taste. Yeah, so spoken here, there, I mean, we didn't go into too much detail, but yeah, I mean, it, it really is true that, that James gives you a lot of autonomy. Autonomy? <laughs> Brilliant. And uh, he just encourages you to just get on and, and, and do what you can. So, I mean, this must be from a brewer's point of view. This, this must be an amazing feeling. Uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a gift and a curse, or, or, or I shouldn't say gift and a curse. It's a mixed blessing. Uh, James uh, has high expectations, and it's really amazing that a guy who has done so much for craft beer and has had such vision for what you can do with beer uh, has given me that level of trust. It's it's truly an honor, uh, and it's been a really great inspiration. And uh, James is a very motivating guy. You know, you know, <laughs> you want to bring your A game. So it's been really really great. And and the the relationship we have is 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 kind of a push and pull it's really good he's got great ideas and great great uh, drive and uh, yeah I'm just trying to keep the freshest newest things out for him uh, right let's crack on with some listeners questions Johnny I'm going to be firing quite a few of these at you I think uh, first up we've got Wes Wes Oakley um, will the UK special bottles be exported to the US and the other way around once the US side of things is all up and running so we're going to be sending uh, the first batch of, I think, Cosmic Crush and Bottle over to the US very, very shortly. Um, in terms of US beers coming over to the UK, there isn't any plans at the moment. Um, so we'll certainly have yeah, the first first wave of Cosmic Crush beers, and then we will have Funky Punk, and then probably some of our wildcard releases in the small batch, and probably Spirit Barrels as well going over. So uh, that'll be with the US very, very shortly. 
I should say, by the way, um, with the overworks in the US, I mean, part of the hotel over there, uh, how how do you guys work with, with the brewers over there? Are you spending a lot of time there, or is it just a lot of constant communication? It's probably one for you, that, Rich. Yeah, uh, so we have a really excellent staff over there in the States. Uh, big shout out to Jason Ricks, who has recently taken over the lead seller position over there. He's an absolute animal. I love having him on board. Uh, so Jason is the sole uh, member of the production staff at the moment in the USA. Uh, and him and I work closely together remotely uh, and I try to travel there every few months to check up on things and get an excuse to go back home and taste some beer. Uh, but yeah, the USA project is, is just now getting off the ground with full-size production batches uh, that will be able to satisfy kind of the, the Ohio area and some, some uh, select accounts uh, outside of that market. Um, I'm sure we'll have a couple things trickle over for people to try. Um, they will be focusing on a select uh, sour only range of uh, Cosmic Crush beers that are unique fruits to Ohio. Uh, Johnny, question here from Alan uh, Weisel, I think it is. Um, he's asking again, we've mentioned it a lot, punk v funk. Um, How is that selling? Is it, is it, uh, I mean, are you able to keep up with demand or are you having to like push it hard? How's it going? It's going really, really well. So we're actually, we were in discussions last week, we were looking to increase production of that beer. It's, yeah, the reaction to it's been absolutely amazing. And yeah, seeing initially from the launch, it's been absolutely brilliant. So yeah, expect a lot more of that beer very, very shortly. Cool. Uh, Rob Beale, Rob Beale, he's asked, can I have some free beer? Not, not sure we can uh, help with that one. Sorry, Rob, but thanks, thanks for the question. <laughs> Uh, this is from a friend of the show, Alan Mockery, this one. Um, what lessons have been learned with the setup of the Allen program that will be shared with the Columbus site? And he's also asked, how different is the wild yeast in Columbus when compared to Ellen? Probably, uh, again, that's one over to you, I think, Rich. Yeah, um, as far as the programs go, they're quite similar. So uh, I worked with the same fabrication studio, um, and we created uh, custom fermentation vessels uh, for both programs. So those were both designed by, by myself. Uh, and I worked with um, cooperage firms that I'm very familiar with in the States, uh, Rocky Mountain Barrel Company being our main barrel supplier over there. Uh, we have 10 uh, 110 hectoliter fooders, um, and then about 800 barrels in the program over there. So good deal of fermentation capacity to take care of those thirsty American drinkers. Um, the programs use the same basic process. Um, in terms of wild yeast, we are using the same cultures of wild yeast in both locations to ensure that we have the best consistency we can. However, you know, between the two programs, I, I use primarily European and British malts, uh, and in the States we are using American malts and hops to give a little bit more province. So the beers will be incredibly complementary in their profile, but they'll have slight differences. Obviously the fruit, the grain, the hops will all come from America, whereas we focus more on Scottish and UK origins for our ingredients here in Ellen. So uh, very complimentary, but some really kind of cool, distinct uh, regional differences. Differences. <laughs> cool. Um, Johnny, I think this this one's more for you. Andrew Keeley, um, he did ask, did the website upgrade issues? Did that spoil things for you at Overworks? Was it was it a big issue? No, not, not at all. I mean, the, there was obviously issues with the website and uh, Verity and Daz and the team did a really good job of working their way through that and we still had an absolutely amazing launch. Um, we still managed to get beer out to everyone who wanted it and no, I think it's on, onwards and upwards from there really. 
Right, um, Andy has just arrived. Andy from Overworks. Andy, um, you've just managed to spray us all with beer in quite a spectacular fashion. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, could you introduce yourself to this? You, you'll be the one, um, you've at previous events and things, you've been the one stood up shouting and telling everybody all about the beers. So, yeah, go for it. Introduce yourself, bud. Uh, so, hey, I'm Andy. Uh, I work at Overworks. I'm officially the hype man for Overworks team. Um, so I make up as much noise as I possibly can and get everybody riled up about the beer. What that means my day job is is media and marketing, so putting together videos, photos, and uh, and kind of beer content and that sort of thing. Also getting out to events, like you say, and uh, speaking to people on the ground, which is pretty cool. Means I get to go around beer festivals and meet all you lovely people, which is always nice. Awesome. Well, your timing's excellent because uh, you have just turned up with a bottle of Hocus Pocus. So um, I'm going to get a tasting of this in a moment. So I'm really excited. Number one question that I got, uh, just just a couple of people's names here, Greg Bowman, Alex Timofiev, I think it is. Hocus Pocus. I don't think uh, beer has been as hyped as Hocus Pocus in a little while. I was incredibly lucky to get a wee taste of it when it wasn't quite ready and it was tasting amazing. So... Hocus Pocus, Rich, what are people getting so excited about? Tell us about this beer. Uh, I'm not at liberty to discuss that information. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, Hocus Pocus has been a really cool project that I started. It was actually one of the first kind of uh, off-the-wall sour beers that I brewed in the new facility once we got our feet under us. Uh, it's uh, 10%. Um, black sour. It's aged in space-side whiskey casks with cacao nibs and a ludicrous amount of raspberries. And it's tasting amazing. Johnny, I wanted to ask you, um, yeah, Hocus Pocus, I believe you guys are thinking about doing a bit of a launch on this. It's not just going to be a quietly stuck out there thing. What can you tell me? I can't reveal too much at this, pa- at this <laughs> stage, unfortunately. <laughs> Um, we, we have some ambitious plans for it. It is coming very, very soon, and to hopefully see some more details start into. So we'll be able to reveal a lot more very, very soon. It's uh, we've got some ambitious plans for the launch, trying to do something a little bit different, probably something that Brewdog haven't done before, and it will probably be quite polarizing, I think, but hopefully in the right way. And yeah, we're going to have a lot more information starting to trickle out very, very shortly. Um, so expect some news very soon. Very soon. So, so the most hyped beer in a long time, Hocus Pocus, is now getting hyped again for a launch, and we still can't really talk about it too much. Uh, Andy, what, what can you tell us about Hocus Pocus? Anything at all? <laughs> Not much, I have to say. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so we, we've got a really, really cool event plan launch for it, uh, ready for the launch. Uh, and like Johnny said, I think it's going to be quite polarizing. There's not a lot of this beer. It's super, super limited in terms of volume. Um, it's predominantly in bottles, and that's really the only way to, to get your hands on this beer, unless you're quick off the mark with kegs in, in the bars that are going to be pouring it on draft. And yeah, you really got to stay tuned, tuned on this one. Keep your ear to the ground on on what the whispers are, the hocus pocus, and the magic that's going to come down the road. Uh, right. So, looking forward to the AGM, then, guys, as we get wrapped up here. So, uh, Johnny, what can you tell us? What are people coming to the AGM going to see? What are they going to expect? So we're going to have eight taps uh, during the event. We're going to be rotating through around about 12 beers. So we'll have Funky Punk on. We'll rotate through our Cosmic Crush range. We'll have a selection of our wild cards, as well as some of our very early releases as well from last year. And maybe, 
maybe a sneak peek of a certain beer. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rich, if people are wanting to find you over the weekend, uh, I believe there's a Q&A session you're doing anyway, but out with the Q&A, where, where will people find you if they want to say hi? Yeah, I'll be hanging out at the Overworks booth, uh, and I'll be hanging out with my friends who are going to be DJing uh, in the, what's the name of the room? Boyd, the Boydor Room. Yeah, Boydor Room. Uh, yeah, we'll be hanging out in the Boydor Room. There'll be some great music playing. Uh, we got a couple of local DJs with some really cool soul and ska music that'll be really fun to listen to. A little bit of a chiller side of the festival as well, so we could have some uh, some chat if you guys are keen. Uh, and if I'm not there, I'm in a tasting or I'm at the bar. Andy, the Q&A session, if people go along to that, what kind of things will they expect? Will they get to taste any of the beers? Yeah, for sure. So we're tasting two beers. We're focusing, or sorry, I say we, Rich, is focusing on, <laughs> is uh, going to be focusing on the, the difference between ready beer and sour beer. So drawing that distinction between what Brettanomyces is, what lactic acid bacteria is, how they present themselves in our beers, what we do to manipulate them, uh, and how we, how we look to encourage and, and cultivate those in our barrel program and in our sour program. So a, a lot of the, the feedback that we've had so far has been entertaining to say the least <laughs> on, uh, on mediums like uh, Untapped and, and Twitter where uh, people are complaining that Funk IPA, uh, sorry, that Funk V Punk is equal parts too sour and not sour enough when in fact it's not sour at all. <laughs> so pushing that, that component of education is important to us obviously um, and that will be our kind of main focus is drawing the distinction between bready beer and sour beer. Awesome. Uh, gents, I think that's us. Um, I think we should just raise a glass, look forward to the AGM, and uh, cheer, cheers to all of you. And thanks again. Uh, brilliant, brilliant afternoon there with um, Rich, Andy, and uh, Johnny, and it was just fascinating getting a bit of behind-the-scenes stuff and getting a taste of some of the beers. So, Bruce, let's do it. Emma, you, I'm sorry, this is your final time. You're going to have to be put through this. I was, um, I was speaking to him, uh, my dad the other week, and he, he was telling us something. He's just about the guy who invented polos. He, he made a mint. Oh, right, let's just wrap it up. Uh, Emma, <laughs> here's a weird one for you. Yes. Where can people find you now? Well, can I just firstly say that a massive thank you. I've had so much fun being part of the the team over the months. You know, thank you for Rob for initially asking me to come and join. It's been so fun working with Absolutely Bruce as well um, yeah. and, and Andrew. And just thanks to all the listeners and all the positive feedback that you've given to me personally and the team and all the people that have come up to me when they've seen me in bars um, or at Brewdog events because they've listened to the show. I'm going to miss you all. But you, like I said before, you won't, you won't be rid of me. Um, so thanks, guys. You can find me now on Instagram. It, my handles change, obviously, to Brewdog MD, or I'm on the forum as well, and that's the same, Brewdog MD. Excellent. Um, we've got your entire episode devoted entirely to you and your airline's flight next. So, yeah, you're not getting rid of Emma that quickly, <laughs> and I am very sure you're going to be back on especially when you, we wouldn't need to when we need to have a go at someone about something Bruno have done wrong you're the person because you'll smile your way through it Bruce where yeah. can people find you at the AGM in two weeks time brilliant yes probably in a bow tie <laughs> <laughs>
You can find me at Sunscream on the Twitter and the same Sunscream on the forums. You can also find out about my day job by visiting robertcooper.xyz. That's it for this week. Send us a voicemail, your local rate number, 01224 518 501. You can email us studio at brewdognewspodcast.com. We're on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash brewdognews, and our Twitter is at brewdognews. We're on Instagram too, but I haven't been updating any content there. Basically, because Emma used to do it for me. Show notes and past episodes are always available on the website at breedognewspodcast.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the show to make sure you get the latest episodes as soon as they're available. There's links on the website. Keep your eye out for that airline special coming through, and we will see you all at the AGM. Bye! Bye! Bye. See you at the AGM. Bye!